On today's show, can Damian Lillard be the latest star to come to Miami? And what would it take to get him? Plus, the Heat season is on the line. What they have to do to bounce back in game four. All of that and more on today's Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Rohan Nankarni from Sports Illustrated. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA, and when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Well, the Heat season is on the line tonight, Game 4, Friday night. Either tie the series up 2-2 or go down 3-1. The story to me, Rohan, for the first three games has been Denver's dominance on the interior. 60% shooting on twos, 70% of their field goal attempts, from two-point range, what can the Heat do to limit that kind of stuff from the Denver Nuggets? <laughs> well, Wes, if I knew that, I mean, you know, I, I'd have Eric Spolster's job, quite frankly. <laughs> I, it's Listen, that's what makes Denver so remarkable is there's it's just simply impossible to take away everything from them. You know, the Heat have tried very hard to stay at home on their shooters, not let the three-point shots get going for them. That means they're going to have to give up stuff in the paint. Um, I thought Denver did a fantastic job attacking Miami's zone off cuts. In game three, obviously Christian Brown has become like the folk hero, the current uh, the current hero of the finals. Beyond that, I mean, Jamal Murray was playing so well that the, when the Heat are committing two defenders to him and you're giving Nikola Jokic wide open space at the top of the paint, he's going to take the ball right inside, shoot over Miami's smaller defenders. Even if he has Kevin Love, who's kind of Miami's answer after Aaron Gordon's big game one, like th- that's just no match for Jokic. I, this is a long-winded way of me saying, I don't think the Heat have good answers here, Wes. I really don't. I mean, they, they don't have a lot of size. They don't have a lot of front court depth. They're trying so hard, desperately, to not get Denver shooters going that these are the kind of looks that they're, they're giving up. And unless they want to risk Denver getting hot from three, I, I think this is kind of what they have to live with. They already played the Kevin Love card, right? It took a game. They already got there. Um, I I think the only thing left for them to do is to to maybe align Bam's minutes with Jokic. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of thought about it maybe going into game three, but you're the Heat. You won game two. You're not really going to make that kind of extreme adjustment and, kind of, and you know, throw your entire rotation into upheaval uh, because, you know, obviously the domino effect of that is if you align Bam's minutes with Jokic, then you have to change Jimmy Butler's minutes pattern a little bit now i think that is probably on the table for game four uh like i said like this is it like you go down three one you're not winning three straight against the denver nuggets it's just not going to happen so um i if you do that then you're going to have bam you align his minutes with Jokic. you probably take jimmy butler he likes to play the whole first and third quarters he likes and then come back in midway through the fourth and, and you probably just flip that he's probably playing the entire fourth quarter uh, Bam is coming in and out when Jokic is coming in. The other part, too, would be Jokic and Murray played 45 minutes each in, in game three. Uh-huh. Jimmy and Bam played 40 minutes each. Do you Can you get 45 minutes from those guys? I, I think that's a real question. I don't think it's a matter of just like, do you want to? Jimmy's ankle is bothering him. Bam is being asked to do so much in terms of having to front 
and battle with Jokic on defense, let alone everything that he's got going on on offense. So I, those are the only two other things I can think of in terms of, uh, of like kind of just adjustments. For sure. To me, yeah, you mentioned it. The most obvious adjustment on the table is do you match a BAM with Joker? You know, if I did that, I would come out small to match Denver to start the second quarter. I think a sneaky, important part of the series, Miami was able to overcome in game two, but it's a dangerous game they play when they let Denver either win or stay close to start the second quarter. I know Jokic only sits for two or three minutes in this game. He ended up sitting only three minutes, but the Heat have to find a way to take advantage of that time. You know, they have to, they can't just stay even. They have to win it. They have to win by five or six points, give themselves as good of a chance versus Jokic as possible. The issue is, as you mentioned, Bam's being asked to do a ton. He has to be a scorer. He has to be a rebounder. He had 17 rebounds in game three, and it still was nowhere near good enough uh, for Miami. They got killed on the glass. Um, the more you play him versus Jokic, the more you risk him getting into foul trouble. You know, he's had a little bit of some hints of foul trouble in the series, nothing serious, but times when, you know, Zeller may come back in for a minute uh, just to make sure Bam doesn't pick up an extra one. So I'm with you. I, I, that to me is kind of the most obvious adjustment on the table. If we've thought about it, Eric Spolstra's definitely yes. thought about it. Um, but the fact that he hasn't gone to it, I think illuminates the fact that number one, it's just, it's not that I think Jokic and Murray necessarily are better conditioned than Bam and Jimmy, but they don't have the same defensive responsibilities that those two do. And if he's been saving it, this is the, this is the game you have to pull it out. You can't afford to wait another game. I, I also like the idea of, of switching up that second unit. If you're aligning Bam's minutes with Jokic, it kind of frees you up to do other things in terms of what that backup center spot mm -hmm. looks like. Those Cody Zeller minutes have been a net negative all series long. If, if you can go small at the start of the second quarter, maybe even go like, I, I was going to say Kevin love for some pick and pop stuff with Jimmy, which is obviously something that they have some chemistry doing, but you can even go Haywood Highsmith as the backup five, Absolutely. go super small five out and well, maybe try what, and create an advantage that way. That's what Denver does. And then Denver's done yeah. a, in fact has been really effective flattening Miami's offense out to start the second quarter because they go small, they switch everything and the heat don't have a switch beater on the floor. You know, a, a bam at a bio is as good as he's been offensively in this series and as much as he's improved this year he's still not someone who you kind of give the ball to isolate and say hey go beat switches for three minutes straight that's not been his game to me that that especially would open up jimmy you could play either haywood or kevin to start the second quarter and now you're looking at jimmy butler getting a chance to pick his switch pick his matchup and attack the rim with the floor space for him um you put haywood in the corner you could put kevin love in the corner whatever the case may be see if jimmy can get to the rim because the Heat have had a lot of trouble scoring over Jokic at the rim in this series. And if that that's an opportunity for them, those minutes that he sits to get to the paint and score, or at least drive and kick to even more open shooters. It, that, again, I, we've talked about this. I mean, you and I have talked about this at the games. You know, when do we think they're going to go to this look? I'll be – if they don't do it in game four, I think that's going to say a lot about where Bam and Jimmy are physically. That's a really good point. I mean, I still can't get over the end of that Boston series, watching Jimmy Butler lip around the arena, you know, and in the locker room after the game. Like, the, you saw how many bunnies he missed in game three. I mean, it's obvious, man, like, that that he's just not right. Like, he was – that was the closest I saw Jimmy Butler to, like, Milwaukee against the Bucks. Jimmy Butler, uh, in terms of just aggression level, right out the gate, just getting to the basketball. He had 15 field goal attempts, 16 field goal attempts in the first half, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was just missing all these shots at point blank range. Like he's missing those 
like that that jump, like get to the lane, jump stop, two point push shot floater, which has sort of been his classic move, whether it's you know straight on or from the baseline. And he just missed, I don't know, five, six of them in game three. Like those are that's his wheelhouse. That's exactly where it is that he wants to get to. I I do question whether or not Jim Butler has like the physical capability right now to do it. You know, which is which is a bummer. You obviously want people at their best in the finals. I will say at the end of the day, when he's missing those shots, it's easy to say it's the ankle. You know, they're they're rolling out, they're so close. If he gets two or three or more of those to go, we maybe we're not talking about how he looks physically. So I mm-hmm. and listen, who knows? I think that the answer is somewhere in the middle, to be honest. Um, I think it's definitely gonna be very interesting to watch how many minutes he's able to play in game four. Spo has been willing to push him in these playoffs uh, when the time is called for it. And he's played big minutes on multiple occasions. He's pushed 44, 45 himself at times this postseason. That's going to be needed. And to Jimmy's credit, I guess, I mean, he said he he knows those are the best looks he's going to get. That's the thing is the Heat are not going to be able to really engineer much better looks for Jimmy Butler than they did in game four. It sounds yeah. like trite and low-hanging fruit, but at the end of the day, when he gets in the paint, he's got to make those. And and if instead of missing them, you're not launching those Denver, you know, transition attacks and all those things, which was such a big part of their game last night. The other part, too, is Tyler Hero. If he's able to play in game four, I know the latest reports is that he's still not cleared to play, that he's going to go under he's going to undergo one more sort of evaluation uh, Friday morning before they make the official ruling for Friday night. But if he's able to go game four. Obviously, that adds another level, another layer to your offense. And maybe you're even able to buy Jimmy Butler a few minutes here and there where like Tyler, to me, like his greatest value would be when Jimmy Butler is off the court, right? Because you have another shot creator who can run pick and roll with Bam or pick and pop with Kevin Love or or whatever it is that you're doing with him out there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's like in terms of like, like lineup adjustments, personnel things, changes like that. That would be like the last sort of wild card for Miami. And the other big adjustment was, you know, Denver did a great job closing out on their shooters. I thought their off-ball movement wasn't as crisp as it was in games one and two for mm-hmm. Miami. Just play better is the other adjustment. Obviously, play more physical. Eric Spolster kept uh, talking about, like, the 50-50 balls. I went and looked at the tracking data. Yeah, Denver got um, they got twice as many loose balls as Miami did, and they fought for a lot of those rebounds that don't necessarily get caught in that tracking data stuff, too. So I, I thought that was a big part of it, too. So can you play harder? Can you play better? Can you do all those things? They better. Because if you don't, you're down 3-1 against sure. the Nuggets. I mean, it's over. that's really what it comes down to. There's no real, there's no magic bullet left on the board for the Heat. And they're staring down the fact that the Nuggets, they have the best two players in this series so far. That's been mm-hmm. a fact. And I, that hasn't been the case for the Heat so far during the playoffs. The Heat have at least, at the worst, had one of the best two. But Jamal Murray, at least offensively, has outplayed Jimmy Butler so far. More points, more rebounds, more assists more efficient shooting. He's even averaging more steals. Um, you know, I think Jimmy's gone back-to-back games without steals. I mean, I mean, I think part of that is just his individual defensive responsibility is a lot different in this series. But that, that to me is – we can talk all day about adjustments and what the Heat might be able to do here, there. You know, can you tweak this? But the Nuggets have the best two players in this series, and they're involved every time down the floor offensively. You, you, yeah. Like Jokic – or Murray are touching the ball every possession. And more often than not, they're screening for each other. Uh, they're running actions with each other in a way that I just don't – I'm not sure yet how Miami competes with that um, in, in, a, in a big picture sense. That That is 
the question of this series, and it's what Eric Spolster is probably spending all this time trying to figure out. Yeah, it's a tough task. Those two together, they play with each other as well as any two stars in the league other than maybe like Stefan Draymond, and it's it's starting to approach that kind of level, right? Oh, I think it succeeded it, frankly, truly. It, it, you, It would be like if, I mean, I'm not saying Jamal Murray is better than Steph Curry, but you have to guard him in similar ways, right? You're not going sure. under the screens. Um, oh, yeah, no, I think they're at this yeah. point, that's the better duo yeah. is Jokic yeah. and Jamal yeah. Murray. I was just talking yeah. from like just the chemistry, yes. knowing of each course. other. Right, right. Yeah, right. I mean, but in it, we're getting there. You know, it, right. it, it, it's, it's very close. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about <laughs> the off season next. You're, you're, you're part of the problem, Wes. This is, everyone's always like, it's the NBA finals. Why are we talking about other stuff? And here you are enabling it. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm just saying we have to look, we have to look in the mirror today. You and me. I'm a newsman when it comes down to it. <laughs> I feel like it's news. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. The pitch is simple. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, Bird Dogs fixes this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love my bird dogs. And in the summer, you need a few go-to pairs for sh- of shorts. And mine are bird dogs. You can get them too. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA and enter the promo code LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back Friday night with our reactions game four but let's talk about uh damian lillard ron because i mean you brought it up should we talk about damian lillard right in the middle of the finals i kind of feel bad about it um but lillard on a podcast said Mm -hmm. that if he had to get traded he would prefer to get traded to the miami heat it's i i maybe it's too reckless maybe it's bad juju to do it now but i sort of feel like it's news right now considering he just did it on a podcast i mean we we, listen we cannot be accused of rumor mongering when a player out and out says it. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm with this you. is one of those fake aggregation yes. sites. This is not like an NBA Central BS thing. Wow! Like, this is... Shots L- fired. Shots Let's lobbied. They know. They, <laughs> they're like they're the they're the uh, what's the Succession news outlet? Um, the ATN. <laughs> they're, they're the ATN of NBA Twitter. They know <laughs> they they know what the people want. They're just giving it to them. They're just feeding feeding people sp- spoons and mouthfuls of rumors, but. No, Lillard on the show said it. He said he was asked. Point, well, I have the sound right here. Let's just play it. This is from um, uh, Brian Custer on the Showtime podcast called The Last Stand. If one of those trades went went through out of those teams, which one would you be like, eh, that's not too bad? <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Miami is the obvious one. And Bam is my dog. Bam is my dog for real. Okay. But I mean, I think Miami the obvious one. Brooklyn is obvious one. Is another obvious one because Mikael Bridges is my dog too. So I mean, and both have and both are, you know, capable, have capable rosters. So interesting. So what do you think? You know, it's interesting. I definitely think that uh you know, the heat have now been linked to him. And by linked, I mean, people are always like, they'll be in the mix. You know, that's, I guess, like the 
blessing and curse of Pat Riley. Anytime there's a star whose name is brought up or might be traded, the Heat inevitably get kind of thrown into the pot, whether they have a realistic chance of acquiring the player or not. I think what makes the Lillard situation particularly worth keeping an eye on is I'm not saying the Blazers will trade him for whatever, but he has been so meaningful to that franchise that I think that he will have some level of input to where he's traded. I'm not saying that that means the Blazers will trade him wherever he Mm. wants or that they're not going to look for the best deal possible, but I do think that there will be an element of collaboration between the Blazers and Damian Lillard if the time comes when the team wants to move on from him. Can the Heat get it done? I think they have enough picks to make it interesting. I think they could include three this summer if they include the one from this year's draft. I think it's going to come down to does does Portland like Tyler Hero? Um, Because I think Tyler would almost certainly have to be involved in a deal like this one way or another, whether he's going directly to Portland or maybe a third team to help facilitate it. Then you have to look at, I mean, Duncan Robinson might be involved. And I know people were probably ready to trade him a few months ago, but he's been an integral part of Miami getting to the finals. And then beyond that, you have Mm. to think of the salary cap considerations, especially with the new second tax apron. If the Heat have Jimmy, Bam, and Dame all on the same team, plus Kyle Lowry, you know, that puts them in a bind because Kyle is going to be at a huge salary next year. They're going to have very limited availabilities and options to fill out the roster. If they do go acquire someone like Dame, we saw how that hurt this team like the Suns this year, even though they had Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Now they're talking about having to maybe get rid of Chris Paul. So listen, it's definitely a worthwhile pursuit, but it's not, it's not as simple as, Oh, Dame wants to come here. Let's just go get him it's going to come down to a lot of factors and a lot of kind of creative cap working by the heat. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could talk Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry, Tyler and Duncan Robinson, the three first round picks. Maybe that gets you in, the, but you would need exactly what you're talking about. You would need Damian Lillard to be like, get me to Miami, work mm-hmm. with me on this because you know, yeah, the, 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 it's a lot of salary. He's 32 years old, but he just, scored a career high in points per game. Like he's coming off. Of, he's still an awesome player. And I think he's got maybe two or three more years of being an awesome player. Um, yeah. It's 46 million next year, 49, 59, and then 63. That's 63. That's going to be, I Ooh. think the sticking point for a lot of front offices is going to be like, he's going to be 35, 36 years old. Do we want to be paying this guy $63 million with all these new tax aprons and all like, can we literally afford not like, do we think he's worth it, but can we actually afford it is the other thing. Cause if you're, yeah. If you're getting into the Damian Lillard business, you're a team that thinks you're a Damian Lillard away from winning a championship or at least competing at a very high level for a championship. So I think the Heat do fall into that. I think if if they were if it was Tyler Hero, salary and three first round picks, they would call it into the front office. Yeah, right I think now. you you have to make that deal. I'll say this: yeah. what as great as Jimmy Butler has been, when you see a guy like Jamal Murray and what he does to defenses in the playoffs because of his shooting ability because of his chemistry in the pick and roll, the Heat have just not had a guy like that with Bam out of bio. I think it would yep. take Bam to another level to play with a player like that. I think Dame would go to another level playing with a teammate who commands as much attention as Jimmy Butler with playing with defenders as good as Bam and Jimmy. If we really want to get ahead of ourselves, we, we do have to bring up the fact that Dame has not proven to be a great defender at any point in his career, and that's something that Slow would, would have to work around quite a bit. But talents like that, again, they rarely become available. We saw what 
I know they went out in the first round. It was disappointing, but you saw what a guy like Donovan Mitchell did mm-hmm. for the Cavs this year. You saw what Jalen Brunson did for the Knicks this year. I think if you have if you have an opportunity to go out and Damian Lillard, go out and get a Damian Lillard without giving up one of your stars. You go and do it, and you kind of figure out the rest from there. You know, if, if you have to, if you have Dame, Jimmy, and Bam as starting blocks, you have to be able to figure out how to make a contending team around those parts. Yeah, go find more Max Struces and Haywood Highsmiths. Good to go. If you're Miami, like if there's hey, any those, team that can you can do it, it's you can them. bring those and you can bring those guys back. If, Wick, yeah. if here's the thing, if Mickey Harrison's willing to pay, you can bring Gabe Vincent back. You can bring Max Struess back. You can bring Haywood Highsmith back. Um, you know they. You could, depending on who goes out in the trade, you could keep Duncan on the team. Maybe you somehow get Lowry involved in the in the trade as well. There are ways to pull it off in which it becomes really, really interesting for Miami. And I know the luxury tax is very punitive, not just in the dollar amounts, but also in some of the re- roster building restrictions and things like that. But that would be the sort of team that you would do that for, right? If it's mm-hmm. Lillard, Jimmy, Bam, and then you're able to bring back a bunch of these guys, that's a team worth all of those restrictions and dollar amount penalties and and. Nick Garrison has avoided paying the tax for a long time. He's going to be paying the tax next year, no matter what happens Mm -hmm. because of all the, with Tyler's and Bam's extensions kicking in and, and and Jimmy's extension kicking in. So um, it's going to happen either way. Uh, I think you mentioned like the, the way that Bam and Damian Lillard would play the most successful offenses like recently have had center point guards combinations like that. Whether it's even golden state with Steph and Draymond, what what's going on in Denver with Jokic and Jamal Murray, even Sacramento. To a lesser degree, with Darren Fox and and Demontis Sabonis, like Bam and Lillard, would be like a, a top flight version of that. Like that to me is a match made in basketball heaven. Like Damian has always Lillard's always needed a guy like Bam, always a, a playmaking big who can who could cover the backside defensively and, and do all these things and set him up with those dribble handoffs and things like that. And Bam on the same side, like. All of a sudden, all this stuff, like, can Bam ever become a number one scorer? Can he be this aggressive? That goes away if you've got Damian Lillard. Because even Jimmy Butler is really not that guy in the regular season. Lillard is that guy all the time. He just scored 32 points per game. You're good. You've got your number one score. And the way he would stretch the floor for Bam and Jimmy would be huge, too. I mean, it would change everything. No, I could not agree more. It's it's definitely very exciting to think about. And it becomes more exciting when you watch an NBA final series when the Heat are really struggling to keep up offensively with a team like the Nuggets. And it, that's not completely surprising when you think about how much the Heat struggled to score during the regular season. So, you know, there's many reasons why you make a trade like that. And again, I, I think the Heat are are certainly going to be considering it, um, and rightfully so. It's just, to tie it back to the finals, in the backdrop of this series, you just see what it's like, how much it changes what a defense has to do against a great scoring guard and a great facilitating center. I'm not saying Dame and Bam would be as good as uh, Jokic and Murray, but you're you're seeing right now it play out what it's like when you have two threats like that in the pick and roll, not to mention you have Jimmy Butler working off of that. It would be very, very interesting. There is one big hurdle in the way for Miami, other than some of the <laughs> trade ramifications that we already talked about. We're going to talk about that next. But first, today's episode of Locked on Heat brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel offers great promotions every day on its safe and secure app. Plus, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet 
up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back Friday night with our reactions to game four from the arena in Miami. Uh, I teased the one big hurdle uh, in the way of the Heat possibly acquiring Damian Lillard. And in that same podcast, Dame said, if the Heat win the championship, there's no way he's going there. (laughs) It is understandable, I guess. He doesn't want it. Like the guy who has never been a bus rider in his entire career if the Heat were to win a championship, would then become a bus rider. So I get it from that perspective from Damian Lillard. My question to you, well, before I ask you the second question, I'll ask you the first question. What do you think about, like, what do you think about that stance from Damian? Do you, do you kind of get it? I mean, I get it. I, I Am I confident how serious he's being there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, that's impossible to know. And who knows how serious he was even being about being traded to the Heat, right? Like, if you listen to the clip on this show it did seem to be a pretty lighthearted conversation um i don't want to hear that <laughs> i it's, to me it's i i will say first of all you take the championship no matter what you know a bird in hand i don't know the rest of the phrase but you you don't want to take that risk you don't want to be about those, a bush yeah some you don't want to be a window team you don't want to be a mm. window team you want to be a team that say we, we could win you want to you want jimmy butler to have um the ability to say he won and then you deal with the consequences later. I respect the stance from Lillard. I think when push comes to shove, he's not going to be worrying about that as much as he's going to be worrying about what the best step for his career is. I'll say that. You look at some of the And it's not like that... he's and listen, it's not like he's joining a juggernaut, okay? He's joining right. a team that was the 8 seed and went on a Cinderella run to make it to the finals. He's very close to Bam Adebayo. They talk all the time. Um, he likes Jimmy Butler's game. I think most NBA players at that level do. Um, I don't, I, there's, I get him wanting to play to Miami. Miami's a great place. We got messy. Like stars are coming to Miami. You know, it's happening. So, um, I get it. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are interested in Damian Lillard, even despite the salary numbers, just guys like him who open up your entire offense, just don't, and, and, you know, our, our playoff assassins just don't come around all that often. In terms of the question, would you rather have a championship or Damian Lillard? And this has been posed to many Heat fans. Don't say it, Wes. I kind of would rather I just have Damian Lillard. Oh, my gosh. Damian Lillard for the next four years to the championship this year? If you get Damian – we just discussed how much – how transformational – I don't. I think if the no matter what happens in this series, I don't know how the Heat make the most out of whatever the rest of this thing is. And maybe it doesn't matter if you already have a championship. Maybe that's the argument. Hey, you got the championship. Everything Wes, else. They is have just a gravy. chance to be the first eight seed to win a championship, and they would have done so by beating the three teams with the most wins from the regular season. It would. I'm be, not saying I wouldn't like the championship. It would not only be a championship. It would be one of the greatest championships in American sports history. Okay, it would be. The biggest feather in Spoh's cap after everyone said, oh, he was LeBron and D-Wade, wrote their coattails, blah, blah, blah. For him to upset this Nuggets team after already upsetting the Bucks, we're talking about taking down four MVPs, uh, you know, between Jokic and Giannis en route to this title. To me, I get it. Four years with Lillard, quote, unquote, be very fun. We don't know what the back two of those look like with him and Jimmy entering their mid-30s. Mm. Not to like this, this championship would stand the test of time in a way that other championships just would not. Like, 
if you think about how people felt felt when the Heat won those championships with LeBron, it's I don't know how much fun people were actually having during during the playoffs when they'd go down three two in a series, and it felt like the entire country was waiting to just hate stressful. on the city of Miami for yes. This has been nowhere near as stressful, and I think the joy that this would bring um, would outweigh even the Lillard years. I it's do have the a right, trade it's, for you. It's, it's, you have the tra- well, hold up. Put a pin in that yes, for a second. Yeah. It's the right take. Your take is the right take. <laughs> I just think that there's there's a good argument. And, and look, the point being of what is the last year or two of this look like if you make this deal? Is that a little scary? Yeah. Does it put you in cap hell? And now all of a sudden, and if you don't win a championship, is it a complete disaster? Possibly. You know what I mean? And so I get that part of it. But I think that Lillard, Jimmy, and Bam, like the, the other side of this is that is a trio that is legitimately in this Eastern Conference where Harden might be leaving Philadelphia and who knows what's going to happen in Boston. Like, I think the East, I, who really knows what's going to happen in Milwaukee over the next few years? Like, I think the East is wide open. It's kind of belonged to the Miami Heat kind of secretly for the last four years anyway. I I don't know. I think that this is something that it would elevate Miami to another level. It gives you a legit superstar in Damian Lillard to add to Jimmy and Bam. It would be exciting from a coverage standpoint. Damian Lillard's been one of my favorite players in the NBA for years. Like I I would love to just cover him. So that's I'm coming from it from that part too. I you're right. I would rather just have the championship. And then everybody the other part of it too though would be like it would be the most improbable championship of all time. But then when like ESPN does those lists of like the greatest playoff teams ever or the greatest championship teams ever, like the heat would just be at the bottom of the list. They're already at the bottom of the list with the 2006 one. This one would be like, quote unquote, the worst championship team ever. So what? That just makes it even more beautiful in my, my opinion. You're right. You're right. You, all right. I just, I wanted to make, I, I wanted to make, you, I respect you making the argument. I respect I wanted you to make the argument. the argument for sure. But man, like, you know what? It's kind of a win-win. Like if, if you lose it in the finals win-win. of the Heat, your consolation prize might be Damian Lillard. So this is like this is like the ultimate bet hedge, right? Isn't it? It's like you know what? I want my team to root. I want to root for my Miami Heat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put like a, I'm gonna sprinkle like a couple units on on the Denver Nuggets. And that way, <laughs> right. if they if they win, I'll come out on top. Well, sports betting is not legal in Florida yet, but maybe Damian Lillard is just gonna come to Miami instead. Um, what's the what's the trade? Okay, so I have doubts that this is legal. This website's telling me it's legal, and this website gave me unsuccessful trades depending on draft picks I use. So clearly they are involving trade logic to some extent. So according to Fanspo, Mm -hmm. which has a trade machine. Yeah, they have a great one. You could trade Kyle Lowry, Uh Tyler Hero, Uh Nikola Jovic, the number 18 pick in 2023, and then two future firsts in 27 and 29. So that's three picks, Lowry, Hero, and Jovic. You know, Jovic, second-year player, showed some promise. He could be interesting. All that for Lillard, straight up. I think they'd ask for Caleb Martin, too. That's a tricky one. And now, if you ask for Martin, then you're increasing the salary, and you may need another player back from the Blazers. My thing, would would they ask for Caleb Martin because he's on an expiring deal, and are they going to want to pay him? Are they going to want to be the team that pays them? The Caleb Martin thing is actually a little tricky in that regard. Sure. At least Jovic, you get some team control and see what he's – he's kind of like a – I wouldn't say – he's kind of like a something in between a first and second round pick, if that makes sense, because he's not yeah. quite a first round pick, but he's not quite you know a second round throw in either. You know that he can maybe play a little bit. And if I'm the Heat, I jump all over that because yes. 
You move Vincent back to the bench. You've already seen what your rotation looks like without Hero. You can bring back Struess as well. To me, it's a no-brainer if somehow Portland were willing to accept that. So I think the looming, the Michael Myers of the Dame Lillard trade situation is the Brooklyn Nets. Are they willing to give move on some of the picks they've gotten from the Durant trade and Kyrie trade? Would they be willing to, you know, include Cam Johnson? I don't know who it would be because I don't think they want to well, move on Bridges. Yeah. And if they and don't I, do that, I that's think the Euro's, guy. Right. Lillard's the guy that they that or, or Bridges is the guy that Lillard wants to play with. I think he would want them to move the third pick in this draft from a Cal Bridges. Maybe that's the move is Bridges yeah. is playing with Lillard in Portland, not in Brooklyn. I don't know if I'm Portland and I have a chance at Scoot Henderson. I love Mikel Bridges, but give me Scoot Henderson, man. That dude's going to be a baller. I don't know. I don't know that that's worth it for Portland. It's it's interesting. You what, what you were going to say, like, if it's not if, if Bridges is off the table in terms of a trade for Damian Lillard. Yeah, I don't I don't know that. Like, I don't Dan know that, and Cam Johnson and picks like. Right. I think I'd rather have Hero than Cam Johnson and Cam Johnson sure. is about to be, you know, he's, he's a restricted free agent. So that makes it. A, a little more complicated. B, you know, are you, are you, if you're the Blazers, do you want to pay Cam Johnson? Be that, I don't know. He's a little bit older than Hero. The um, other teams that I was looking at in terms of like wanting to be in on Damian Lillard, the Lakers, but they got nothing. Mm-hmm. The Clippers, I mean, what are they going to do? Trade Paul George for Damian Lillard? Why, why is Portland doing that? I'm not even sure. They're probably trying to reset their window. Atlanta, I'm not. I'm not interested in a Trey Young swap if I'm the Trailblazers. I'm not going to build around Trey Young after I just spent a decade with Damian Lillard. No right. way. Um, we talked about Brooklyn, the Knicks, like Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. That's not doing it for me. You know, I know they that's, got picks, but like, right. And I, listen, I know Hero has struggled, but when you think about all the names we've just mentioned, I think he is a higher trade value than all those guys. He's only 23. Um, I think he's proven to be better than Barrett at this point. Randle is older big contract doesn't make sense for the blazers if they're trying to rebuild mm. it's going to be interesting it's going to be very milwaukee they don't make, like that they just don't have the stuff philadelphia like, like tyrese maxi and and i don't think they have any picks right it's, so the philly is an interesting one if they're willing to move off of maxi um and it's going to be you know the picks will become involved there that will be an interesting one but that might come down to does lillard want to play there yeah same thing i was gonna say toronto like they've there's a lot of og and Anobi stuff linked. What if they traded OG for for Damian and and you know yeah. some other stuff? Um, but again, does Damian Lillard want to play in Toronto? Probably not. Boston, Oklahoma City, I think could be sneaky. Like if they just say, you know what, we got our we've got Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chet Holmgren. Let's at, let's just throw a bunch of picks and some young prospects at Portland. Get Damian Lillard in here. They they he outed us in the playoffs a few years ago. You know, I don't know. Take a leap. That probably that doesn't seem like an OKC thing to do, but I, I just throw him on the list. It'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, Game four, Friday night. Uh, We'll be back here with our reactions to the game from the arena. Rohan, this was fun, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, anytime, Wes. Uh, Hopefully uh, we get a good game four. I hope so, too. Uh, Locked on Heat, thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're going to be back tonight. Hit that subscribe button. YouTube, follow us on your podcast app. Thanks for joining us.